Hello, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and I'm here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. This is a special episode of the Teach for the Heart podcast, and I'm here to talk about how to end that 24-7 teacher stress cycle. As I said, this is a special one-off episode, um, but it's a bit of a continuation of season two where we talked a whole lot about work-life balance, and I'll tell you why I'm bringing you this special episode um, towards the end. But today what we want to do is we want to talk specifically about how to end that constant stress cycle. And you know, I was just um, hearing um, a teacher, Tracy, talk a little bit about her experience. And she said, you know, she felt like she was lugging home this bag full of bricks every day. You know, in reality, it was just, you know, three lesson plan binders, two textbooks, and about a bazillion hours worth of grading. This was not abnormal. Tracy always hauled her teacher bag home full of papers she knew she would never actually finish. But, I mean, this is just par for the course, right? It's just how teaching is. Our work follows us home and then follows us back to work, and we're never free of it. We basically basically live a 24-7 stress cycle that we just have to survive until summer rolls around and we can finally breathe again. I mean, that's the only way to be a good teacher, right? Maybe not. And if you listen to season two of the podcast, you'll know that's absolutely not what I think. But it's where a lot of teachers are. And it's kind of the prevailing mindset within teaching. Well, Tracy used to think that way too. She used to think that her overflowing teacher bag was somehow essential to her success as a teacher. But she doesn't think that anymore. And in fact, she's realizing something quite different. She's realizing, like we've been talking about, that teaching does not have to be an endless struggle of stress, overwhelm, and exhaustion. Tracy learned how to control her work hours, finally find some balance, and still be an amazing teacher. And you can too. You know, when we talk about ending that stress cycle and finally finding balance, there's really two areas that we can focus on. Our time, and then we also need to manage our mental focus. We've talked a lot on the podcast in the past about managing time. So if you haven't checked out season two, go back and you can check out all those episodes. Managing time means developing systems to accomplish our tasks more quickly and efficiently. It may also mean cutting out unnecessary tasks, building boundaries out around our time, and avoiding unintentional breaks. Tracy learned all this and more in the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, which I highly recommend and I will tell you more about in a bit because it's currently open for enrollment, which it only happens twice a year. But back to the subject at hand. So we need to focus on managing our time, which is incredibly important. But we also need to manage our focus or our mental energy. Here's my question. You know, you're so busy, you're running around, you're, you're great, you know, you're, you're teaching, you're dealing with parents, you're dealing with students. When you do finally get to that free hour and no one's interrupting you and you have a couple minutes to actually get something done, are you able to actually focus and accomplish something? Or do you end up spending half the time just trying to figure out what to do and then you feel like you have no mental energy left to actually accomplish your task? 
you know, our minds have enough to worry about during the day. <laughs> uh, we teachers are constantly dealing with a million things coming at us. We're always multitasking. We have enough to worry about without trying to constantly figure out what task we should do next. And when we sit down without already knowing what we're going to do, we waste so much time and we waste our mental focus. However, when we develop a system that helps us keep track of our tasks and organize them in a simple way, we free up our minds to actually think. We can save more of our mental energy for things that really need our creative brain power, like coming up with good lesson plans or solving uh, you know, a behavior issue with our students. When our minds are more focused and less burnt out, we accomplish more in less time and we feel a whole lot better too. So we're going to talk today about five keys that will help us manage our focus and feel less stressed. Number one is to develop a start of day and end of day routine. Some of you may already do this, but you may not be being as intentional about it as you could. You know, if you have a certain set of activities that you accomplish right when you arrive at school and another that you do right before you leave or maybe right after your last class, you will take care of a huge number of your responsibilities without ever having to think about them. Here's an example of what my routines often looked like when I was teaching. Um, Starter day, I would check my mailbox. I'd write my bell work on the board for all six classes. I'd write my homework on the different boards. I'd put up the names of students who would present problems. Um, I, um, if you want to know more about that strategy, you can check out the show notes for this. I'll link to it in teachfortheheart.com slash stress. And then um, I would review my lesson plans. And if I had time, I would check my email. That was my kind of start of day routine. At the end of the day, first thing I would do, I would process all of my late or absent work that was turned in and just get that all processed. I would record daily grades from homework and classwork. My goal would be to get all those daily grades um, created and put my all those papers like back in my outbins to hand back to the students. So I didn't necessarily get all my grading done, but I wanted to get just like the, the just that constant paperwork flow of daily stuff. Then I would empty my paperwork in bin, uh, hopefully clear up my desk. In other words, make the piles look somewhat organized. <laughs> um, tidy up, up my room a little bit, um, check my to-do list over, see where I'm at, and then I'd check my mailbox on my way out. Now that's just an example. And of course, we're not always going to finish these routines. I didn't finish all those things every single day. We are teachers, which by definition means we're going to be interrupted, right? But if we do develop these routines, here's the thing. We're not going to accomplish them every day, but we are going to accomplish these tasks way more often and way more efficiently than we would if they were just part of our general mental to-do list. So here's the next step. This is what you should do. Uh, you can even pause this uh, pause this podcast and do this right now or come back, um, jot a note to do this right when you're done. Think about the things you currently do at the start and end of your school day. Are these tasks the best use of this precious time? Are there other things you should be doing or would like to be doing every day? Write down a tentative start of day and end of day procedure. Then adjust it over the next few weeks until you fine-tuned an effective routine. All right, so first of all, we're going to have a start of day and end of day routine. Second, write down all your to-dos. You know, too often we try to treat our brains like this filing cabinet. We stuff all the information we can in there, including all the random things we need to get done, and just hope we can remember it all. It's no wonder we feel like our brains are so fuzzy. 
I don't know about you, but every time I try to keep my to-do list in my head, uh, it works for a little bit, but I end up feeling really stressed. And it's no wonder why I'm spending so much of my mental energy trying to keep track of all the tasks I have to do that I have no mental space left to actually accomplish them. But the second I actually write down a to-do list, I feel free. I mean, yes, I still have to do all these things, but at least they're written down. I no longer have to worry about forgetting any of them. This truth is so obvious, so I'm not really sure why I backslide periodically to mental to-do lists. But if you're like me and you try to keep everything in your head or, or you're not consistent with this, determine today that you're going to change this. So the next step is simply to write down every single task that you need to accomplish, whether it's for school, home, or anything else. Whether it's due now, next week, or five months from now. Get everything out on paper so you don't have to carry it around in your mind. So number one, we're going to set up a start of day and end of day routine. Number two, write down all your to-dos. Number three, intentionally procrastinate. Now normally in time management, we tend to think of procrastination as a bad thing, but I've learned recently that it's not necessarily, and I learned this from Michael Hyatt, he talked about um, how powerful it can be to intentionally procrastinate, because here's the thing, if the mental to-do list will destroy our mental energy, its cousin, the mile-long to-do list, will certainly zap our motivation. You know what I'm talking about, you sit down for your planning period, and you pick up your to-do list only to be reminded that there are literally 31 things you need to do and you've got about 15 minutes to do something. Your mind panics just a little bit and you frantically try to figure out which of these bazillion tasks you should tackle first. So what's the answer? Intentional procrastination. When we're staring at those 31 items, our brains tend to get overwhelmed. But if we say, okay, These six items don't need to be done until next month. These 12 I can do next week. And these nine I'm going to do in the second half of the week. I'll do these on Thursday or Friday. Suddenly, I only have four items left to do today. And that is doable. And this is so powerful. You see, I'm normally the type to say, here's my to-do list. And when I I look at it, I just say, I'm going to just try to cross off as many things as I can today. But honestly, this approach doesn't work all that well. It sounds good in theory, but it doesn't motivate us very well because there's no clear finish line. And no matter how many things I do cross off the list, I don't really feel that great about what I've accomplished because I just see all the things I didn't accomplish. And can you imagine what this does to my productivity, much less my stress levels? Furthermore, there's no clear motivation to get done. Like there's no real like if I only have 3 or 4 things to do, which is what I've been doing recently. I've started putting only a few important items on my daily to-do list. And what I found is that when I see, okay, these are the 3 or 4 big things I need to do today, then I'm actually accomplishing all or at least most of them because it's It's like a clearly defined thing that I need to do today. It's very clear and it's very doable. I feel so much better about my day and I'm not nearly so stressed about everything else that's on my list because I've intentionally said I'm going to do that later. 
All right, so next steps. I've tried to make this really for e- easy for you, and I've created all the to-do lists that you need. If you go to teachfortheheart.com slash stress, that's, why you, that's where you'll find all the notes from this episode, and you'll also see the link where you can download this system absolutely free. So here's what it will do. This system will help you separate your to-do lists into separate lists. You make one very short list for today including only the important things that you actually think you can do today. Everything else goes in one of the following categories. It can go on your tomorrow list, your this week list, your this month list, your next month list, or your this year list. If this sounds confusing, take a look at the show notes and download this system. It will be very clear for you when you see all the lists. So basically what you do is you just organize it based on when am I going to try to accomplish this. And the reason you don't just, you don't necessarily just want to put it in a calendar because that ruins the flexibility of this system. If you take something and you're just thinking, I need to do this sometime next week, and you try to write it down in a planner, you actually have to put it on a certain day. And maybe you don't want to do it on that day. So when you instead just put it on the next week list or the this month list, then it frees you up to be more intentional about what you do every day. So you make these different lists and then it's just part of your daily routine, either your end of day or start of day routine, to choose that day's to-dos. You determine only a few important to-do items that you can realistically finish during the day. Now, One caution, don't you dare put too many things on your list because you're worried you'll finish everything and then end up wasting time. First of all, that hardly ever happens. Um, But here's the thing. If you finish everything early, then maybe you get deserved to give yourself a break. Go home early. You need that motivation. But let's say you finish early and you legitimately have time and you want to do something else. Listen, you can always grab something from tomorrow's list, right? But now you're actually feeling like you're ahead instead of leaving something on your list every day and never feeling like you accomplished what you wanted to. So my encouragement is, bottom line, don't put items on your today list just because you hope you can get to them. Only put a few things that you realistically could and should actually get done today. Assuming a big problem doesn't derail you, because we all know that never happens, right? (laughs) So give yourself grace, of course. Number four. All right, so this is the next step. So we talked about intentionally procrastinating. Number four, designate certain tasks for specific days of the week. All right, once again, the more we organize and predetermine when we'll do certain tasks, the less mental energy we have to spend trying to figure out where we'll fit them in and the less stressed we are. I've been amazed to realize recently how much of our stress is related to not knowing when we'll complete something. It's not that we have to complete it, it's that we don't know when we're going to do it. So a powerful strategy is to designate certain tasks for certain days of the week. This, paired with the intentional procrastination system, super powerful. Let me give you a personal example. I recently found myself resenting many of my household responsibilities, like paying bills, tracking our spending, or even ordering a new smoke detector. I would never seem to find time for them, and I felt like they were intruding into the things that I wanted and needed to do, like write or record podcasts for Teach for the Heart. So as you can imagine, I was getting more and more frustrated. 
But I finally, once again, Michael Hyatt uh, helped me out with this. I finally made a decision. Okay, I said, I'm going to set aside Friday afternoons to work on household responsibilities. All right, I I'm, I'm already have to spend this time somewhere. But right now, I'm just trying to fit it in where I can. Instead, of, I'm going to say, okay, Friday afternoon, household stuff. Suddenly, these tests are no longer a frustration. When my husband asks if I'm going to call about our slow internet, instead of getting all frustrated because when on earth am I going to do this, I just think, no problem, I'll do it on Friday, and I put it on my Friday list. Now, I'm home, I'm not teaching right now, so my situation's a little bit different, but the concept is exactly the same. What tasks always feel like interruptions? What items do you never seem to be able to find time for, even though they have to get done? Try designating a certain day for them. Here's an example. You Let's say that you feel like you're always trying to, like one of the things you always have to deal with, is every teacher has to deal with this, is parent communication. Now, some parent communication is urgent. You must call that day if it's a discipline issue or something very time sensitive. But not all of it is. Sometimes we just need to update Emma's mom about her science test or uh, touch base with Cody's parents about his missing work. So you could... Um, say, I'm going to do all my non-urgent parent communication on Thursdays. So then, any time during the week that you think, like I said, I got to update Emma's mom, instead of stressing, like normally as soon as you think that, the stress levels go up. When on earth am I going to call her? Your mind is working on that. Instead, you don't have to worry about it. You say, I'm going to call her on Thursday when I do my parent calls. And my parent calls and emails. And you write it down on your Thursday list. So then on Thursdays, that's that's one of your big to-dos. On Thursdays, um, during your free hour, you make all your parent calls and knock out all your emails at one time. Here's some other ideas of tasks that you might be able to group like this. Um, how about printing, printing and copying? You can group as much of that as you can if you work ahead. Lesson planning. You might take one, two, or three days a week, depending on how much lesson planning you have to do, and make Lesson planning your focus on those days. Grading catch-up. Now, I'm not saying to save all your grading for one day. That would be a horrible idea. But maybe you designate a certain afternoon for um, catching up on major grading that you're behind on. Student conferences. Um, you could have say, you know what? If you, anything that's not urgent, I'm gonna get. I'm going to do all my student conferences on Tuesday. On Tuesday, I'm gonna go around and just get, you know, go around and meet all the students that I need to meet. Um, filing or um, room decor, new bulletin boards, cleanup. Uh, these are all things that tend to be repetitive. And so you can. Those are just examples to get you thinking of ways that you can designate certain tasks for a certain day. So the next step, think about the tasks that you could designate for certain days of the week. You can even take this a step further and consider theming each day. So here's an example. You could say Monday, I'm going to do grading catch-up. Tuesday and Wednesday, I focus on my lesson plans. Thursday, I focus on parent and student communication and conferences. Friday, I do my printing and my copying for the week ahead. Now, this wouldn't be the only thing you did that day, but it would be a major theme for the day and a way to organize and structure um, your planning. All right, the last thing, number five, designate and guard your off hours. If you want to feel balanced and end the stress cycle, you have to take time off. This means setting, and I don't mean falling into bed at 10 o'clock at night, 
that does not count, okay? You have to set boundaries around your time and choose when you will stop working. Um, Now, if you're doing the intentional procrastination system, this should help because you're no longer looking at your entire to-do list. You're only looking at a few items, but you still might need some hard boundaries like, I will leave school by 445 or I will only work for one hour at home this evening. Don't be afraid to use a timer or have a spouse or friend hold you accountable. But here's the thing. In order for time to be time off to be sufficiently refreshing, you need to do more than just not work. You really need to let your mind take a break too. That means no talking about work and no thinking about work at all. Now, this idea was revolutionary to me at first. You mean I shouldn't be thinking about work literally all the time? When am I going to come up with solutions to all these problems? I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but my mind's always going. And so it always tends to go to work and to the problems I'm facing and how, what am I going to do with this student? Or now in my case, um, what should I write about? What should I do a podcast on? It seemed my mind was always going here. But here's the truth. We can and we should use some of our off hours to brainstorm But we desperately need some time that is truly off. Time where we refuse to think about school and let our minds wander elsewhere. Time to truly let them refresh and rejuvenate. I think you'll be amazed how less ominous Monday morning feels when you've truly let your mind refresh and rejuvenate over the weekend. And also, you'll be your, your, once again, your mental focus will be there. And when it comes time to do that creative lesson planning, you'll have your mind will be refreshed and ready to go. So the next step here is to determine some clear boundaries for when you will and will not work. Then give yourself permission to stop thinking about school when you're off. When a school issue does cross your mind, make an intentional decision to either... A, go ahead and think about it, or B, let your mind refresh. And just keep in mind, you can't do both. So you've got to choose one or the other. So let's review real quickly. We talked, number one, about developing a start of day and end of day routine. Number two, writing down all your to-dos. Number three, intentionally procrastinating so you only have a few items to do each day. Number four, designating certain tasks for specific days of the week. And number five, guarding your off hours. When you implement these five practices, you'll be amazed at how much better you focus, how much more you'll get done, and how much of the stress will fall away. But honestly, this is just the tip of the iceberg. We talked today about managing our focus, but we didn't even touch hardly on time management and the actual time-saving techniques that Tracy learned in the 40-hour teacher workweek club. The techniques that allowed Tracy to finally ditch her bag of bricks, teacher bag, for good. Uh, say what? Yes, Tracy that I introduced you to in the beginning, she has not taken her bag of grading home in over four months now. And what's even more amazing, she's still getting everything done at school in only, get this, about 43 hours a week. Now that is breaking the stress cycle. Imagine leaving school at school and coming home and actually being present. 
Tracy learned how to do this and much more in the 40-hour teacher workweek club, and she is not the only one. I have been watching this incredible program help literally thousands of teachers just like you cut three, five, or even 10 plus hours off their work week. In addition, they're actually breaking that 24-7 stress cycle and finally enjoying teaching again. The 40-Hour Teacher Work Week will show you how to live a better, healthier life as a teacher, how to get everything done and still have room for yourself and your family. And best of all, you'll find yourself becoming a better, more organized, and more efficient teacher in the process. I honestly cannot recommend this program highly enough. And if you'd like to find out more, just go to teachfortheheart.com slash 40 our teacher. Now here's the thing. This program is only open to new members twice a year and it is currently open. So, But you only have about 10 days to join. The last day to join is Wednesday, January 4th. So that's not a lot of time. So I want to be very clear about that. If you want to find out more and potentially join the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, and I really hope you do, you can't afford to wait. You've got to check it out, and you've got to join by um, July, uh, I'm sorry, January 4th. And the reason for that is so that everyone can join together. I mean, imagine having a new student in your class every day, right? Uh, we're trying to have everyone join together so that you can go through the program together. Now, I think I might have failed to mention this, but this program, I personally um, do not run this program. It's run by my friend, Angela Watson, and she is absolutely amazing. Um, this is a one-year program, and it goes for the entire year. There's a different focus each month. Um, when the year is done, though, you continue to have access to the materials and you get to stay in the Facebook group and have ongoing access to all the materials. Now, you might be thinking, 40 hours, really? Here's the thing. This program is not about working exactly 40 hours. But the choose how many hours makes sense for you and adjust it accordingly club just uh, was too much of a mouthful. So the, the name 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club is really supposed to stop and make you think, how many hours am I working? I, is 40 hours even possible? Maybe I need to think about this a little bit more. And what you're encouraged to do is choose a target number of hours that makes sense for you and your situation. The goal would be to immediately start cutting three to five hours off your work week and then adjust it from there. When you're in the club, you get new content every Saturday morning. It's a short, about 8 to 15 page ebook, and also a 20 to 30 minute audio version. So you get to pick. You can read or you can just listen to the content while you're doing dishes or cleaning your house. At least twice a month, you also get printable resources to use in your classroom. A great feature of the club is the private Facebook group where you can get help adapting the club ideas for your unique teaching context. Every month that you're enrolled in the club, you'll have access to hundreds of other teachers in the Facebook group. So you can ask questions, discuss the time-saving strategies that have worked for you and hear what's worked for others, and get advice from other teachers. There's one group for elementary, K-5, through and another for secondary, um, so that you can um, be in the one that best fits you. 
If you're not sure if you want to join yet, um, you can sign up. Angela has a free getting started guide that will help you get some more information. Um, Angela's also going to be doing um, some um, some free trainings this week um, that will give you that will definitely give you a lot of great information and also help you learn a little bit more about the club. Uh, you can find out more about those at teachfortheheart.com/stress. It's within with all the show notes. Once again, I just want to remind you that this club is only open until January 4th. So if you don't join now or if you're listening to this not now, um, then you'll have to wait until July. So um, if you are listening to this when it's not the time, you can go to teachfortheheart.com slash 40hourteacher. If it's open, that'll send you directly to the enrollment page where you can sign up or find out more. If it's past uh it's it's past january 4th when you're listening to it then that link teachfortheheart.com slash 40 hour teacher will take you to the wait list so you can sign up to be notified next time you can join which will most likely be end of june beginning of july if you have any questions, I would love to answer them for you. Um, you can leave them um, in the comments at teachfortheheart.com slash stress. And don't forget to also go over there to get your free to-do list system that will help you intentionally procrastinate and only have those few items on your current list. Let's pause and end with prayer. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers. And I just pray, I know there's just so much going on. I pray, first of all, that they can enjoy this time off with their families as they're on break. But I also pray that you will just help them in this upcoming year. Um, Just give them, help them to learn balance. Help them to be able to get everything done um, without letting it take over their lives. I just, I just, I want that for them, for them so much, just to be able to enjoy teaching, be a wonderful teacher, but also have time for their family, for their relationship with you, and for other things that are important in their life. And I know that when they do, they'll um, be better teachers as a result. And so I just pray that you'll help them and that you'll work um, in their lives and just give them a peace and a great week this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you so much for being with us today. I've appreciated it so much. Um, once again, you can get all the notes at teachfortheheart.com slash stress. And if you want to find out more about the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, teachfortheheart.com slash 40-Hour-Teacher. Hope you have an amazing week. Um, we'll be back in, um, probably in a few weeks with our next podcast season. But in the meantime, keep learning, keep striving. You really are making a difference.